Welcome to First Mile's Climate Heroes. I'm your host, Bruce Bratley, founder of recycling company First Mile. On this show, we meet and learn from the climate heroes who are building solutions right now to tackle climate change. Food waste is a major climate issue. We grow food on a landmass the size of China and then throw it away and waste it. 8% of climate change emissions are from wasted food and about 30% of global food production never leaves the farm gate. This so-called field waste arises due to overproduction, changing demands and, according to many of the leading supermarkets, the fact that some fruit and veg aren't pretty enough to get sold. Today's guest on First Mile's Climate Heroes fighting food waste and fostering conscious consumerism. Deepak Ravindran is co-founder at Oddbox, who are a wonky fruit and veg business on a mission to reduce food waste. Deepak, welcome to First Mile's Climate Heroes. Thank you, Bruce. Great to be here. Excellent. So, Deepak, how are Oddbox solving this massive environmental problem of food waste and how did you come into existence? Sure. So, you might know this already, but as much as 40% of what the food that we produce globally is wasted and that's a humongous 2.5 billion tons of food that we produce and we don't use it and just purely from an impact perspective that food waste is responsible for approximately 10 percent of all greenhouse gas and gas emissions across the world and just to put that into perspective because what does that even mean right but if food waste were a country it just in terms of greenhouse gas emissions it would be the third largest emitter uh, in terms of countries after the US and China. And the sad thing as well is when food is wasted, all the water and the energy that is used to grow is at risk of being lost too. And most people don't realize it, that the fact that that is a huge climate issue, because if we start utilizing all that water and all all that energy, which could be from finite raw materials, the finite resources, then that is a huge uh, contributor to the climate issue uh, as we're facing currently and one of the most urgent ones at that. And again, putting things into perspective, the environmental impact of food waste is around 248 times the size of plastic. Um, So, you know, plastic waste clearly has been occupying recent news waves, but food waste just purely in terms of the resources that are used to produce that food and transport it, store it, and so on, is is um, in a 248 times bigger. So it's clearly something to look at and and find a solution for. And I'm going to come back to that number because that's amazing, 240 times. And how did you become a climate hero at Oddbox? Because what Oddbox is doing is quite phenomenal in terms of saving all of this field waste from uh, going to waste. But how did? What's your story? How did you get? How did you get there, Deepak? Yeah, so I was never in food. Um, I was never a sustainable hero or anything like that. I was working in the city, working on a very capitalistic enterprise and didn't really like the purpose uh, behind it. It was purely money-driven. Um, and I just I was thinking, what else could I be doing here that could add value uh, beyond just you know getting money for yourself and your family, uh, which is where me and my co-founder uh, and Emily, we were looking at different business ideas t- uh, to go after. And funnily enough, we went on a trip to Portugal. Um, and if you've ever been to Portugal, you come across these local food markets where you go and buy fresh produce, meat, and, and all sorts of stuff. 
um, we came across this kind of tomato seller who was selling, amongst other things, these ugly-looking tomatoes. Really ugly-looking, would never, never see that in a supermarket. But when we bought them, it was just this fabulously juicy, amazingly, um, you know, delicious tomato. And it kind of triggered this thought process in our heads to, to go, why was it that we don't find these really good, well-tasting tomatoes in our super local supermarket? Which is when we came across the problem of food waste. And this was a French supermarket, in fact, called Antamarche, which was talking about wonky veg and how they were they were marketing wonky veg as the you know the the the, the almost kind of the solution for food waste. So we started that piqued our interest. We started looking into the problem. We didn't even know whether there was there was a problem in the UK or not. We also started looking at other countries and what they were doing about the problem. We came across imperfect produce and hungry harvest in the states that were focused on this problem of directly going to farms collecting misshapen and surplus produce, and then selling that directly to um, customers. And for us, that was a river watershed moment in the sense that it resonated for us in, in two different ways. One was, ah, oh, it's, it's quite simple. You know, we don't have to kind of create a product. We could just go to the farm in our naivety and then collect this produce and then, you know, deliver to people's doors. And the other hand, we also thought it's a great opportunity to use this medium that is, that's the veg box the seasonal veg box and educate our customers about what was happening behind the scenes on a farm with food waste and we could explain that with a you know a wonky apple or this kind of curvy cucumber rather than converting that into something different which people don't connect, connect with here's a wonky apple with some marks on the skin which cost you to a hailstorm that happened on an apple grower uh, apple growers orchard and that's why we rescued this and that we felt was a powerful way of changing behaviors um, which fundamentally is what we feel uh, would, would solve this problem it's not just big retailers and governments changing their strategy it's us uh, what choices do we make as consumers when we walk into a supermarket and choose the perfect looking wedge or we choose the you know the perfect looking items yeah so so for us the, the whole thing started to make a lot of sense in terms of the legacy that we want to leave is the behavior change that we like to bring to the world. Um, so yeah, it's long story short. That's and how does it look from how does it look from a consumer's perspective then? So you're you're on this mission to reduce food waste. You're taking ugly veg, pockmarked veg, misshapen veg from the farm. Why 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 and how do consumers buy it for people that aren't familiar with Oddbox? Yeah, look from a consumer standpoint. A lot of uh, customers buy for several reasons, but the main reason is um, from a functional standpoint, they like the variety that they get with a seasonal box that is curated by us. Um, and they are forced to eating veg that they wouldn't come across before. Like we put a kohlrabi in the box, they wouldn't go and buy a kohlrabi. Consumers would walk into a supermarket in generally, I'm, I'm generalizing here, and choose what they are used to buying. So they'd go buy the broccoli, they would go buy the sweet potato. I know how to cook with, cook with that. We seldom, you know, tend to experiment. Uh, and when you go to the supermarket, it's quite efficient shopping. Whereas with us, they like the challenge because it forces them to cook or with a, with a box of fruit and wedge and finish that box of fruit and wedge ideally within a week or a fortnight. That's one. The second is a lot of people 
won't really understand that there's a problem with the climate crisis, but they don't know where to start. And it's quite daunting just in terms of where do you start as a, as a normal consumer? You know, do you, do you buy organic? Do you buy plastic free items? Do you go to a zero waste shop? And I think these things, these choices come with other trade-offs. Like the, you know, if you want to buy say sustainable fashion, it could be expensive and it, it becomes quite daunting in the sense that, ah, sustainability, I want to be more sustainable, but it's quite expensive. So for us, we feel everybody eats fruit and veg in one way or the other or in every every single week and we you know we're not we're not as cheap as supermarkets are it's quite hard to compete with supermarkets in this country it's quite comp price competitive but we feel we are attractively priced we'd like to pay a fair price to our growers and our, and our people who work for us but at the same time it's accessible it's fairly straightforward but people are still having an impact um with buying buying oddbox and the impact is phenomenal from the, I was looking on your brilliant, on your website, your impact report, and you've got a number of sort of very accessible numbers in terms of how much water is saved if you buy an odd box of veg and how much energy is saved. So can you share those with us? Yeah, sure. So just purely in terms of the impact, um, and again, we, we looked at impact looking at various data sources. We looked at the whole kind of life cycle assessment um, across the supply chain. And we looked at what goes into growing a kilo of apples. And a kilo of apples, for instance, takes 800 liters of water to grow. And then we have all the kind of the storage costs, the transportation costs, um, and, and so on. And if you start adding all that up, that's a, that's a, that's a huge amount of um, resources, you know, water, carbon emissions, and so on. So we look at the, the type of um, the box composition, as we call it, the, the number of products in the box, and looked at what is that life cycle assessment? What is the water that goes into producing the produce? What is the energy that is used to transporting that produce? And because we save it at, at the risk of going to waste, then we and we deduct our supply chain, which is the cost that we use to you know, the, the energy that we use to transport it from a farm to people's doors. And then we calculate this net impact, which is what you see is translating uh, into, uh, you know, energy, both from, a, um, you know, we convert that into kind of digestible formats. So that's easy to understand. And, and then so, you know, if you buy a box on an annual basis is the amount of water that you can save is the amount of kind of energy that you can save. And then in terms of the wonky veg that end up in an odd box and, and going to consumers, does it change week to week because it'll depend on how what sort of fruit and veg you're rescuing that week or do you tend to sort of manage to keep it similar for, for a sort of short season, three or four weeks? Yeah, exactly that. So it changes. We try and add variety as well because the challenge that we have is we could be quite seasonal and put cabbages in the box every single week, but I don't think our customers would stay with us long uh, if we were to do that every single week, because we also think it's our responsibility to ensure that we don't transfer the risk of food waste at a farm level to people's homes. That would defeat the purpose. And if we were to send the same type of product every single week to a customer's homes, people would get bored, they would tend to end up in the back of your fridge and end up in the bin. So again, we work with over 100 growers across UK predominantly, but also some in mainland Europe to then have this variety of, uh, of you almost kind of sourced about 30 different types of products. And, and then we compose the box every single week 
which we then uh, it changes week to week to week. Are you targeting any seller with surplus food or are you looking mainly at organic, regenerative farmers, any farmers, farmers that mainly deal with supermarkets therefore might have a greater range or is it sort of anyone with surplus? And at the start, we used to deal with a lot of local growers, uh, smaller local, sometimes even organic growers. Over time, as we've grown and scaled, we've started working with uh, growers that supply uh, the big retailers. And about probably 70% of our growing community is based our retail suppliers as well. And this is where we see a lot of produce at the risk of going to waste, a lot of surplus uh, and they're exposed to not just retail demand, but climate um, changes as well. Um, so that's where we see a lot of the produce coming from. And how, so you set off, you started in London, delivering in London. Are you now nationwide or southeast? How, what's your what's your reach now for delivering boxes? Yeah, so we, we cover about 70% of um, the UK now in terms of reach. So it's all of England except the northeast and the southwest of England. Uh, and we used to be in Scotland, but we pulled back because of, just we couldn't make it work financially. Uh, but the aim is to reach uh, most of the UK uh, over the next year or two, and then uh, look in, in mainland Europe as well. Amazing. And you think there's enough waste veg to rescue to grow the business? Absolutely. So, you know, there's enough waste veg in the UK for sure, but also in mainland Europe, uh, I mean, there are no big players uh, in mainland Europe in terms of people who do something similar to what we do. So certainly there is enough and more in terms of uh, opportunity. And just going back to that number then, so we hear about plastic and plastic waste all the time, plastic in the oceans, but you're saying that the impact of food waste is 240 times worse than the environmental impact of plastic. And according to the Drawdown Project, Project Drawdown, fighting food waste is the number one solution to reverse climate crisis that people can work on. Yet, I think, unless this has changed, you had a campaign for COP26 in Glasgow, wipe out waste, wipe out wasteland, because the UN don't even have food waste as a as a environmental issue to tackle on the agenda has that how, how do all those sort of um components of my question add up sorry that was a big question <laughs> yeah i'll try and break it down so just going back to the drawdown project and why they feel fighting food waste is the number one solution to reverse the climate crisis so just in terms of uh bit of context um in in developing countries let's say india where i come from Waste is generally unintentional and occurs on farms or during storage or distribution, predominantly because they don't have the technology. Richer, relatively richer countries like the UK, food waste occurs further along the supply chain. Uh, retailers and consumers reject food waste based on you know the the bumps, the bruises, the the wonkiness and the coloring. And simply, there's this kind of order they just order a lot buy a lot and just serve too much this problem in excess now when that food is wasted um all the energy the resources and the money which was mentioning earlier that went into producing processing packaging and transporting are wasted too and producing uneaten food squanders a whole host of resources the you know the the seeds the water the energy the land the fertilizer uh, hours of labor, financial capital, and so on. And each stage generates greenhouse gases. And, and just, you know, again, putting things to the perspective, 
like if you take bananas, right? We eat five billion bananas every single year in the UK. It's the single largest kind of fruit that we eat in the UK. And we import it all the way from Colombia or somewhere in South America, South America. And then we transport it, you know, by a ship. We ripen it in kind of ripening chambers. We store it, package it, and so on in plastic packaging and so on. If you look at all of that added up, it's certainly bigger than the 20p per banana that we get charged in supermarkets. Um, so the financial cost is, you know, and we kind of just kind of just race to the bottom of, you know, just be cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. But the environmental cost of all of that is huge, which is where I think Project Drawdown comes back to the point that if you start adding up all those individual components, there's a huge impact from a climate perspective and resources. And this, you know, one third of this kind of world's food is never eaten. And just by reducing that loss and waste, we can reduce the need for land and resources used to produce food, which is where it's quite important to kind of put that into perspective and to say what goes into producing that food. And I suppose why, so why do we look at food waste as a solution? I suppose in lower income countries, going back to my example about India, you can improve the infrastructure for storage, processing and so on. Uh, and also, I think uh, you, need, you, need, you need to have in, in higher income countries of like the UK, you need to have um, you know, interventions from a retail, but also from a consumer perspective. You need to have national food-based targets and policies that can accelerate widespread change. And we also kind of look, need to look at helping address this kind of future food demand, because if we keep consuming more and more, if we expect our strawberries in winter, if we expect our asparagus in the winter, which is not seasonal at all, then we're going to kind of be in this constant treadmill. So which is where I think uh, it's important to tackle that. And then, yeah, you know, again, just that one kilo of food waste in landfill creates the same carbon emissions or carbon CO2 as 25,000 plastic bottles, um, which is where we kind of compare that with the plastic. Um, and you say it's, it's a huge problem. And then your third part of the question was more around United Nations. United Nations have um, a, a charter now, um, and they came up with this charter under the Food and Agriculture Organization quite a few years ago, actually. I think it's 12.3 is the, the is the sustainable charter goal, which focuses on food waste, and they talk about how you know we should be looking at, looking at reducing food waste, which is why there is a sustainability charter now. Some of the retailers have signed up to that charter and are looking to reduce food waste in their supply chain, which we welcome. You know, we need big retailers to make ch make that change as well. And so I think it's the question of who shouts the loudest right now. Right now, the the news is all about cost of living, cheaper food, people having, you know, struggling to put food on the table. And, and sometimes I find that obviously is more important and immediate than this kind of ling uh, simmering problem in the in the in the back burner, so I think that's where I feel right now there's less talk about food waste. But I'm sure, you know, once we are able to kind of find a way through the kind of cost of living crisis and the war and the Ukraine and so on, we'll we'll be able to talk about the the bigger problems that our, our planet is facing. First Mile is the UK's leading waste management service. We help over 30,000 businesses reduce their carbon impact with our award-winning range of recycling solutions. Go to our website, which is thefirstmile.co.uk, to get started today.
If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday. We first mile during lockdown. I mean, we did all sorts of crazy things. We were rescuing lots of bedding plants from landfill and delivering those. We also had for a short period of time a, a veg box delivery service, which actually turned into a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> it's quite hard to deliver. Um, so I, I, I absolutely sympathise with you. So we, we've got a long list of challenges. What's what's the biggest challenge for Oddbox? Is it sourcing the produce, getting out to customers, winning more customers? Where are the challenges for you? Yeah. Look, in the short term, I think especially last year and this year and maybe maybe next year as well, certainly the consumer confidence and the cost of living crisis um, as a root cause for that is causing consumers to rethink their purchasing choices. Uh, people are going to cheaper places to buy uh, their groceries. That is a challenge. At the same time, we also have rising input costs. Our, our growers are facing this kind of triple whammy of difficulty in recruiting labor, rising input costs, fertilizer costs, and energy costs have gone up. Uh, so we're going to have bad, you know, manage that. And our final mile delivery partners have gone increased fuel costs, uh, which is going to drop since last year, but it's still quite high. And so we're kind of having to manage these this input costs on one hand. On the other hand, we're kind of having managed having to manage this expectation from consumers, and rightfully so, that you know costs are going up. And you know how do we pass on the the prices? We did we did have to kind of grudgingly pass on a price increase purely because it was becoming unsustainable. Um, that's the short term, and I think the longer term, I suppose, is this. Again, one is the expectation that wonky produce has to be cheaper, and if that's cheaper, then we're always fighting the a low, you know, playing in a low margin. Um, we're not able to invest and innovate uh, in in solutions that we they could, that we could create to solve the problem of food waste at the farm level, and that becomes quite tricky. Uh, so I think this, so there's there's a sense of education that needs to take place about what really goes to uh, goes behind the scenes and then there's a whole supply chain right it's not easy to to um execute like you were saying fresh produce from a farm to people's doors pack it in a box and so on uh it's a it's a pretty tight low margin business in all in all um and making that work and making the marketing work and acquiring more customers is always challenging as well is there, is there some fruit or veg that's even too wonky for you to sell or is it anything goes in the odd box box? Yeah, I suppose anything goes in the odd box box unless it's too you know larger than the box. If it's too big, but it can't fit in the box. There, are, there have been cases when we've had these kind of uh, mooly radish where we've had to kind of break it into two just to kind of fit it in the box. But um, look, as long as it fits in the box, there's no reason why it can't go. Um, obviously, we need to think about making sure that it, lands it, does, it doesn't become a gooey paste in our customers homes you know it lands it, in, it lands in customers homes in eatable condition so that's quite uh, important for us but yeah there's no restrictions from from as far as uh, size and shape goes and then your customers obviously households can buy an odd box are you getting into or servicing offices businesses or is that not on your horizon yet yeah so you know what pre lockdown uh, pre-pandemic, um, we used to have a B2B side where we would sell food boxes to offices, and we had about 500 customers then. But then, obviously, that took a nosedive during the lockdown, and we decided to go um, to to stop that business. 
we've been approached by a lot of cafes and restaurants in the past, but I think we've struggled to make the the whole final mile and the margins work. Uh, I think yeah, I mean they'll expect us to sell it at a wholesale price, which we, we don't think there's there's margins in there. So I think, and also I think from a changing behaviors and explaining the story, we feel that it works well in homes rather than offices or with businesses. And what's success look like? I mean, the business has grown phenomenally. Um, like many of us, you had the sort of bit of a hiccup with um, certainly your business customers over COVID. But what, what what's the next few years looking like and how, how do you measure success at Oddbox? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a few things that we're looking at. One is um, in the veg box model itself. How do we evolve the veg box to fit more into people's lifestyles? Because what we've seen is that for a lot of customers, the concept of Oddbox works really well. Um, I, you know, they like the idea, they love the concept, but when it actually lands in their home, it's quite hard for them to make it work um, with a seasonal curated box because people usually shop in supermarkets where they have choice, but when that choice gets removed from them, then they end up with, let's say, a lot of cabbages in the fridge and they don't know what to do with it. So I think it's just a genuine, practical, convenience kind of rated problem. So we're looking at solving that through what we call as um, expanding the range of what we offer, but allowing customers to choose to compose your box, essentially. Still, with them, we don't want to become a supermarket, but still within the remit of, of what we can rescue. And then the other uh, aspects are obviously kind of geographical expansion, you know, moving uh, to the wider parts of the UK and then um, internationally. Uh, the other uh, aspect we're working on is, again, like I was mentioning, this apple grower who has a huge glut of surplus, doesn't know what to do with it. We can only take so much of those apples and put them in our box on a weekly basis. We can't store them for, for the grower. What we could do, however, is to take the whole crop and convert them into a consumer packaged good that has a longer shelf life. If that is storable or can be stored um, over 12 to 18 months, and that becomes quite interesting. And if you're able to find a market for that. Um, so that's um, own branded CPGs, that we call it. It's something we are working on to, to, to find work with growers and create shelf-stable products that we can sell in the boxes, but also in retail and food services as a, as a second step. And then within the box, just going back to within the box, something else we're working on as well is beyond fresh produce in the box, there's a category that we call as add-ons. So there's a number of food brands, third-party food brands, who have gluts in their supply chain because either the um, best before date is coming really, you know, it's less than three months and they can't stock it in a, in a, in a supermarket. Uh, they have misprinted labels or broken chocolate slabs during manufacturing process and all of that, which can't see a retail chef could very well be, um, or customers would love that, um, and they certainly have loved that. And so we started adding that on as an add-on to our boxes, which has worked really well. And then, yeah, I think I think mainly, I think those are the main kind of um, growth opportunities for our box in the future. On this show, we're building a hall of fame for climate heroes, and we always ask our wonderful guests to leave something in First Mile's Climate Heroes Hall of Fame. So what or who would it be? So I think, you know what, a, a Kirby Cucumber would, would, would fit the fall of Hall of Fame just 
just well. Perfectly. Yeah, it's great. A big curly cucumber. Love it. And I'm sort of, with this with this feature, I'm building up to um, the general election in 2024. So if you could have a one-to-one with Rishi Sunak or Sakir Starmer, I'm hedging my bets. What are the key messages that you'd land on them? Look, I mean, my biggest question would be, clearly they seem to be focused on, you know, the cost of living crisis and, and all of that, which is important. But I think I really would like to understand what is the sustainability strategy? Um, and certainly, what are they doing to make sure our growers, UK growers are well looked after, whether that's in terms of uh, labor, availability or um, subsidies or whatever that may be, because they are they're all struggling at this point in time, just because there's, there's this kind of vicious kind of cocktail um, of, of sorts. Uh, and so that's what I would ask in terms of what is the sustainability strategy to rescue UK farming? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and and the government have recently announced this new department, which is looking at um, energy security. But um, now we're outside the EU, we definitely need to look at food security as well and make sure that everyone can be can be fed. So I think that's a, a great question for them, Deepak. Will, will we be seeing an odd box shop? Um, are you looking at retail at all or a franchise within a retailer? Um, look, I mean, you know, it's not out of, uh, you know, it's not a completely crazy idea. I mean, we would we could potentially have a shop in the future but it'll be more experiential rather than a sales channel where we kind of talk to them about the misshapen produce and the surplus produce and use that as a way to kind of educate our customers and bring more people on the journey for sure and how do what's what's your website um if people want to now totally peaked by oddbox and not a customer already how do they find you yeah so the website is www.oddbox.co.uk if that's um and, and then our social media channels are you know go under the hashtag of at oddbox ldn um which is kind of short form for london really um so yeah that's that's where people can find us been absolutely fantastic having you on first miles climate heroes thank you very much well thank you for the opportunity bruce it was uh, lovely uh, to speak with you and um, yeah it's a great pleasure thank you I'm Bruce Bratley, and you've been listening to First Miles Climate Heroes, where we meet incredible people making an impact to tackle climate change. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday.